You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 59 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Heward and as always, I am with the... Gosh, who who am who am I with? Um, I just don't remember my co-host name. Is that okay? <laughs> this is the worst ever. Well, this is what? the worst ever because I was trying to think of a word to describe you, and I decided I'm sick of coming up with words. I just need to steal from there, other people's ideas. There are no words. Some things are just not describable. You are not describable. We described you a few episodes ago as precious, but that just seemed a little like <laughs> creepy. And witty was what I thought of because we have been laughing all night, but we used that a few weeks ago. You so used witty not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've been very productive I, today. Can we talk about how you've like accomplished a lot in your life today? Like, should we focus on that? We've never used productive before. Well, I'm sure we have. Let's <laughs> be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's only so many words. <laughs> well. I'm excited to say, listeners, that I am with the incredibly productive, incredibly productive, Incredi- Jeff Vargas. Incredibly productive. <laughs> this is a horrible start to podcast. I hope you're still listening. If you are, I assure you, this is actually a really, really cool podcast episode. But before we get into that, Ray, I want to touch really quick and get your thoughts on something. What would you like my thoughts on, well, my incredibly of, productive things, friend? So, so we released this new course recently and over at teachbetteracademy.com. It's called Master in Management through Student Center Praxis. Chad Ostrowski leads the course. It's an awesome breakdown of strategies that you can – easy to implement strategies that you can use to help create a student-centered environment to help with your management. And I just kind of wanted to like – you wrote a really cool post um, that kind of goes along with that course. And the yeah, post, I mean, do you remember what I'm talking? You know what I'm talking? It's, it's called change your grading practices, change student behavior. Yeah, it goes perfectly with Chad's new course. We were trying to not only share out that course, but then have little snippets in our blogs. And so, absolutely, I know what you're talking about. Well, all right then. So, like, my question is: Is changing the grading practices like the first thing I should focus on? Is it the most important thing, or is it just like one of a, a bunch of things that I should do? in order to really change that behavior and, and have a better control over the management of my classroom. Something valuable about classroom management is that you actually can come at it from a thousand different points, right? So when we look at Chad's course and having him provide strategies to anyone interested in taking that course, the strategies are are so flexible. I mean, you might use one strategy now and then go back a few days later and pull a different strategy for a different type of student. And so when it comes to grading, I kind of see that as a very similar mentality. It is an incredible tool that I encourage anybody to dabble with because it really is a way to connect more deeply with your students when you're able to change your grading practices to focus more on feedback and focus more on supporting your student from wherever they at, wherever they're at and get them what they need. Uh, I think that that mentality is incredibly valuable. And so for a teacher that's looking to to find new strategies in terms of classroom management, I would always challenge them, whether it be first or last, 
to be considering how their assessment, how their grading, how their feedback is impacting then every other component of their classroom, whether it be their classroom culture or their relationship building or anything in between. I love it. I'm glad I asked that question. So that's what I was looking for right there. So let's do something fun. You want to do something fun? Can we do something cool? I'm always in for something cool. So what do you think? So that's like our, our newest course as of right now. We have a, couple, a whole bunch more in the works right now. What if we gave anyone who's listening 50% off? Oh my gosh, I'm totally... Can I do that like right? I'm not even going to make them like listen to the... I mean, they should definitely listen to this whole episode because it's super awesome with Jason. But uh, if they go to teachbetteracademy.com, go to the new master management course, 50% off. I'm going to make it really easy. Teach better talk, all one word. Boom, 50% off. Is that okay? Am I allowed to do that? Am I okay to do that? I'm good with that? Is that cool? You should know that I don't know if you're allowed to do that, but I'm totally in. <laughs> That's awesome. So speaking of being in, let's dive in. Um, That's so cheesy. Let's dive into this episode because this was a really was cool so episode. Cheesy, this <laughs> episode, my goodness. This was a really cool episode though because um, Jason – Reagan is a overseas teacher. So he's been teaching for 21 years, a little over 21 years, so a lot of experience, but 14 of those years he's been overseas in other countries, which is really cool. That's the first I think the first person we've had on this show that that is someone who has the experience in teaching overseas. And I think it's it was really cool is you could tell that it's given him a different perspective on on I think just the world and life and, and the way he approaches things, but some really really cool stuff I love we were able to dive into his, into his head a little bit of how do you do that? Like, how did that get started? How did he go from being in, in Atlanta, Georgia to, to end up in South Korea and a couple countries in between, um, in this, that sort of his sort of journey there and, and becoming what he calls, you know, a developer of global citizens, uh, global citizens and his students, um, I thought was really cool. Uh, it was a really neat uh, thing. And he dives into like, hey, here's how you get started. Here's what to look for and stuff, which I think was really cool. Um, I don't know if that excited you as much as it did me, but I thought it was awesome. Oh, absolutely. He was incredible to talk to, not only because of his background education, obviously his travel, but the risks and this, this uh-huh. different lens he's approaching education with. I, I, I loved it. I actually asked him a question and he responded, well, I think this is going to be pretty boring for some of your <laughs> listeners. And it was the coolest answer oh, I think I we've heard on yes. the show. Super cool. And we, we actually ended up like talking about it for a while afterwards. I, I love also he shared his failure. I mean, you know, I, I always love the failure stories, but I really like his failure because he actually shares a, a personal failure that ended up turning into a professional lesson for him. And I thought that was a really cool spin on that question that we asked. Um, and he does, he goes into the, the question you asked when he said, oh, it might be boring, like, what he talks about and what they're doing a lot with over there is really, really cool. I also love the fact that he was literally, you know, it's 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 the evening over here for us. And he is, it was like 10 minutes before the first bell rings over in school. And he was tucked away at a podcast booth working with us. So a uh, huge thanks to Jason Reagan for that. He is phenomenal. Uh, you're going to love this episode. It is awesome. We might be a mess, but this episode is not. So let's get started. All right, so we are talking with Jason Reagan, and he's coming to us from South Korea. Jason, it's so awesome. I know it's early in the morning there. It's getting in the evening here in Ohio and in Illinois where Ray is, um, but we're super excited that you were able to make some time with us and hang out with us and have some fun with us, man. How are you feeling right now? I'm great, man. Thanks, Jeff and Ray. I appreciate you uh, taking time to to speak with me, and uh, it's really exciting to to be talking with you guys. 
Well, Jason, we want to make sure we talk about you for a minute because while Jeff did give you a little bit of an introduction, I know there is so much more that we have in store to learn about you throughout this episode. But first off, how do you describe yourself when somebody asks you what you do? Um, well, you know, that that answer has changed lots over the years. Uh, over 20 years of teaching, uh, that, that answer has been different every year. Um, I would say at the moment, it's developing students to be global citizens. I feel like that the world has really become very small uh, with social media, especially we can have friends from all over the world. And so just, you know, teenagers are teenagers wherever you live in the world. And so I think developing global citizens um, is probably my number one um, goal when I teach, just thinking about how to, you know, empathy, creating empathy, uh, understanding tolerance, um, those are things that just educating the whole the whole student, not necessarily just in my own subject or but just having those relationships with students so that they can see that everybody has lots of similarities, even though they can all be different. Uh, and I think that's probably what I see myself as is, is a person who's helping to develop global citizens. Really cool. And you've done that all over the place. Yeah. I know you, you said you've been doing, I think, 14 of your 21 years. You've been <laughs> somewhere else other than the United States. Where yeah. are you from originally? Yeah. I'm from Atlanta originally. From Atlanta originally. Okay. Yep. So so can you tell just share with us for a minute like where all you've been? Because I know you've been a few yeah, different places. So I, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a crazy story, but I was in Atlanta for the first year I taught and uh, it was in an urban uh, high school. And while I enjoyed the experience, I just didn't feel that that was um, going to fulfill me <laughs> over the long haul through retirement. And so after a year, uh, an opportunity came up to move to China to teach English. So in 1999, I packed up and moved to Beijing, China, where there were still more bikes than there were cars. Uh, and so that really kind of gave me the travel bug. Uh, and I taught in a university there teaching English, which was a um, a big push there by the government at the time. And uh, so I did a year there and then moved back home for a couple of years. And then another opportunity came to move back to China. And so while I was in China the first time, I realized, well, international schools were the way to go uh, because I could work with uh, kids that maybe had similar backgrounds to me, but were in a different setting. Um, and so I lived in China for a long time where I met my wife, who's also from China. And then um, after a while, we moved back home spent some time in the States again. She's also a teacher. And then we moved to Bermuda. Uh, so we did a year in Bermuda, then went back to China after a while because our kids uh, needed to learn Chinese as well. And then we currently are in South Korea. Hey, everyone, we're going to get right back to the episode. But I did want to remind you that if you haven't yet submitted a proposal for the Teach Better Conference this November 8th and 9th, you have to go do it. The proposals are closing at the end of the month, and I want to make sure that you get your voice heard. You are doing incredible things in your classroom, and we would love to have you as a presenter at Teach Better Conference this November 8th and 9th. Head over to teachbetterconference.com and share your ideas. All right, let's get back to the episode. Wow. Like, that's... That's, I mean, that's awesome. Like that you're yeah. over there and you, and you get exploring that and doing that. So it's right. really cool that you, you met your wife over there as well. Um, that you've, mm. that you, that she's been able to come to the States. You've been back there. It's really, yep. really cool. So, so, uh, a lot, I mean, 21 years, that's a lot of experience, uh, multiple mm -hmm. countries and different things. Right. I mean, they're like, let's talk about 
because I know you got them because, I mean, right. your experience, you, you had to, right? Let's talk about failure for a second. So can you take us to a time that you had a failure? Kind of share with us what happened. Why was it a failure to you? And then right. how did you overcome that? And what did you take away from it? Well, my failure is a little different probably than most of the folks that have been on your podcast. Um, for me, it was a personal failure that turned into a professional um, uh, understanding. And so, as I mentioned, my wife is Chinese, and we met uh, when I was living in China in 2002. And uh, I didn't speak very much Chinese. Obviously, I didn't have a lot of exposure to that growing up. <laughs> and so I tried to study. It's a very difficult language with four tones and all these different things. And so the thing was, once I met my wife, who happened to be my Chinese tutor at the time, um, I had a different motivation to learn Chinese. <laughs> and so um, now I speak enough Chinese to get in trouble. Um, and then I just call her to help me out. But, um, you know, I would love to. We speak Chinese at home. But the failure was that every time I tried, I always did it wrong uh, because the tones were different. So saying something that I thought I was saying correctly was actually in incorrect because of the tone that I used and those sorts of things. And what I discovered through that was that the majority of my students are second language English speakers. And it just gave me um, a, a level of sympathy and empathy for them that I probably wouldn't have had I not been a second language learner myself. And so I, I just, that was my biggest failure in a way was that I still haven't gotten to the level of Chinese I would like to speak because I know a lot of friends who speak very good Chinese, but um, I would like to speak better. But in the end, it's about time, isn't it? <laughs> and mm -hmm. how much time you can devote to something. Very cool. I love that. I love that as a personal story. I appreciate you sharing it with us. So, so now let's flip that around. Let's talk about a successful moment you've had. This can be something okay. big or small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what'd you take away from that? Sure. Yeah. So I teach design, which is um, what would be industrial arts or tech ed or, or STEM in, at mm -hmm. home in the States. And so um, one of the things when I moved to my new school that I immediately noticed was an issue was that we didn't have any way of um, archiving or recording our sports uh, program. Uh, and the reason that was important was a lot of the schools have to travel here from long distances to uh, compete with us. And so uh, I was approached and uh, about running our live stream for all of our varsity sports, um, which I didn't know anything about at the time. Um, and so Having done that, I assembled a team of students to help me, and um, we were able to set up a live stream, and now we have a pretty professional-looking stream, I think, um, and we've done uh, over 50 or 60 events in the last 12 months. So I really feel that was been a success, and the students have really enjoyed uh, having that as their as a process that they've gone through and feeling instant success. So I would that was probably the most recent success that I've had that I've I've been really proud of. Jason, something I really enjoy about learning about you has just been your commitment, your excitement to like take risks, whether it be risks through traveling or risks for your students. I mean, that's amazing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that um, I, I didn't grow up taking lots of risks, so it was definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, but now it's something that's part of my DNA. And so even my own children, the, it, you know, for them, they've been to, I don't know, a dozen countries at this point, either by vacation or just by living there. And so I'm just happy that they're going to be risk takers by, um, 
by, by nature, <laughs> you know? And so, but thank you. I appreciate that. That helps validate a lot of things, right? <laughs> well, no, it's the truth. I mean, I think Jeff, I don't know if you agree, but the, I, I think the, the biggest hurdle that we struggle with when, when doing professional development with teachers is, is just simply to get over the, the fear of taking a risk. Yeah, absolutely. A change is really hard. (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when you're working with the teacher on on doing something that's going to transform their classroom. I mean, I always think when I think risk, I think the grid method, Jeff. I'm such a Mm -hmm. loser that I think that way. (laughs) (laughs) Because it really is a huge change in the classroom. You're completely, as an educator, stepping out of your comfort zone, but, but it's aligned with with everything you know that you wish you could do with your students. And so when I'm thinking about risks that you've taken, I know change is hard, um, but I just love hearing from passionate educators that have made it work. And that kind of leads into my next question, which was what's exciting you. And I obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of things that excites you about education and all that you're doing, but I, I, I assume that, that what is exciting you is Whatever you're doing, I'm I'm sure has some sort of risk. So I guess I'm excited for the next story because I always feel like story after story, there's something new that you're dabbling with that that takes some sort of grit. So I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I you know, ironically, the thing I'm excited about could probably be boring to a lot of people, but um, I've just seen the rise of um, unmanned aircraft <laughs> in schools. So drones, uh, we've been doing a lot with drones at the school and. Um, I'm finding so many different uses for it in education. Um, immediately, the, uh, some of the things we've done uh, was uh, working with the PE teachers um, and hovering over their outside classroom um, on the field and, and taking still photos and letting them use that as a teaching tool to show formations and invasion games or, or whatever. But also we've been able, we went through and we took pictures, aerial photos of the entire school, and we made like an orienteering or a mapping activity with our social studies teachers. And so I'm just really excited about the, um, opportunities that come with that. So I've now purchased some small drones that students can um, actually do the programming for on their iPad. And so they're able to do flips and shoot little rubber balls and have little grabbers and they'll pick up post-it notes and things like that. So I'm just excited about the use of that tool. Um, I know that it's been kind of getting some bad rap lately with um, all the different uh, people not being responsible with their droning and going into airspaces and things that they shouldn't be in. But I find that they're uh, something the students are excited about. Even the parents are excited about the students learning about them. So, uh, and it falls into the category of things I teach anyway, but the droning that we're doing and the programming, we have um, second and third graders actually programming these drones. So I'm pretty excited about the where the where the future is going with those. Jason, in what world is playing with the drone at school not cool? <laughs> exactly. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, hold I t- on. Actually, this is yeah. a really boring answer. Let me talk to you about drones and how we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all over the place. I have to keep myself interested in things, right? <laughs> I just think that's – I love that. I think that there's yeah. such a purposeful use for that. But even just a teacher listening who's like, man, I don't have any ac- – I don't have access to drones. The idea right. that you're taking a tech tool and purposefully yeah. integrating it into multiple mm. different areas of the school alone is a valuable control. right well and i don't know if you're aware or not jason because mm. you but like the uh the united states air force has invested millions of dollars into education initiatives that are connected to drone technology 
right now. Yeah, it's, it's they're pushing really hard for Absolutely. that. I mean, that's going to be such a massive thing. Like the skills that yeah. those kids are learning. Absolutely. Just just if you take away and you only mm. focus on just the skill of learning how to drive, the, of how right. to utilize the drone, and thinking of different, right. but just thinking of different ways how you're showing them, hey, look, look how we can use this in education. Absolutely. Think of all the other ways you can use it, and all the other jobs and everything else you do. Like, that's awesome. I actually have. I'm gonna give a shout out to my neighbor, uh, Joe, who actually is a drone pilot. But he actually got his. He's got all his license and stuff. His company paid for it. He's a marketing guy, and he right. had this idea a few years back. They have this, they're, they're like a distributor in this massive warehouse that like sets records or whatever up in Cleveland. And he had this idea of like a promotional commercial to get more clients that he was going to fly through and just show off this awesome, amazing <laughs> warehouse they have. And now they pay him. He goes out to yep, all the Cleveland events yep. and flies drones around and they use That's it as right. content. It's like this yep. awesome thing. And now he's got all kinds of, he's flying around the house all the time and stuff. But like there's so many uses in it that, that we haven't even thought of that those kids are going to have the skills to do. That's really, really cool. I love yeah, it. I actually have some some students at my previous school who are seniors that started their own um, production company because uh, okay. that school was in China, and they got the only license that that city allowed for drone pilots mm. to do filming anywhere. It was unrestricted access to any part of wow. the city. And they're making all the production videos and all the things for this particular city, which is a pretty famous city in China. And um, just, and you know, he was 16 when he did it. So it's pretty unbelievable if a student has that spatial awareness because flying a large drone is, is, it does require a lot of practice and a lot of time. And mm -hmm. um, you, you're having to fly something by looking at the screen, you know? And so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that skill is something that's only going to um, increase in a lot of job markets. Sure. Um, you know, if it's, whether it's robotics or whatever, or even like uh, surgery with all these different mm -hmm. <laughs> robotic surgery type things. So yeah. I do think the skills are definitely something that, um, students will need whether they're actually doing it as a hobby or as a profession. Jason, you have already provided so much value. I love this conversation. I kind of want to flip this around and talk about our new teachers, our, our progressive educators who might either be new to the field or maybe they're just new dabbling with, a, with something that they are taking a little bit of risk on. But I would love to know what advice you'd love to give those teachers. You know, um, I think the thing that I noticed throughout my entire teaching career was the number of people who left the career within the first year or two. And so I think my my biggest piece of advice would just to be hang in there. Um, if you can make it over the three year hump, I think that you'll be really happy that you did uh, because education has given me so much as a prof uh, you know as a professional, but also personally. Um, and you know, it's okay to make a change. Uh, you know, I took a risk and made a change. I think you, you you spoke about that earlier, Ray. That you know, I made a huge change. I'm not saying everyone has to move overseas, but uh, it is a, it is an option, um, and you can uh, actually save a lot more money, <laughs> but also you're, there's a lot more opportunities and challenge uh, in that. And so I would say just hang in there. Um, you just push through kind of, kind of um, learn as much as you can along the way. But the biggest thing is just making it through that three-year hump, I find is um, probably the best advice I can give anybody is just to not, you know, and sometimes it's not for everybody, but in most cases, you know, give it those three years because you you really can't know in just a year uh, of doing something. You need to give it some time to experience the ups and downs. 
I love it. That's great advice. I want to touch on a piece of it. I want to talk. So it's 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 fairly pretty unique, or at least I mean I, hmm. you're the first we've had on here to have someone who's an overseas <laughs> teacher. So like I want to yeah. I want to jump on okay. this. So so Jason, okay. let's pretend that I'm an educator that wants that's thinking that's listening yep. right now, going, man, that sounds really cool. I want to do yeah. that. How how do I do it? Like what? Like how Absolutely. do I even get started? What? How, to, uh, kind of a two part. One is mm. how do I get started in being an overseas sure. educator? And then the second part is. What are like the top one, two, three things that I should be that I should be aware <laughs> yeah, of? Absolutely, right? yeah. Those sort absolutely. of like go to like, hey, watch out for this, and right? Make sure, you know that type of thing. Can you give us a little bit on that? Yeah, I would say absolutely. That's a great question, Jeff. And actually, I have a lot of people ask me that. Um, there is a um, a number. There are a number of recruitment companies who um, set up job fairs you can go to every year to find and the schools actually attend them. So you'll have the principal or the vice principal or the different uh, curriculum coordinators there. So you can ask them firsthand questions. I would say being open uh, to where you're going to go. If you just say, I want to work in Italy, uh, it's going to be really hard to do that. But if you say, I'm open to Asia, for example, there will be lots of opportunities for you. Um, <clears throat> I think the number one thing to look out for is if a company asks you to come in uh, to the country on a tourist visa and that they'll switch it when you get there. That's usually a, uh, a telltale sign that they maybe aren't a legit company or a legit school. Uh, but that's probably the the main one. Uh, and if someone's maybe new in the teaching career, um, it's okay to take a year or two teaching English somewhere at one of these smaller academies or schools where they'll pay your housing and they'll fly you there and they'll pay for you there You know, while you're there. Um, it gives you a good opportunity to experience what it's like um, to do that. And sometimes you can just do six months or even just the summer. So there's opportunities to do that. But there's... Um, there's three or four categories of international schools. Um, there's you've got your British schools. So if you're familiar with British curriculum, those are those are ones you can go to. Uh, there's also American schools. So there's a lot of American schools around. Um, and then there's international baccalaureate schools. So IB schools, um, which is what I've spent my career in. And then there's the Department of Defense schools. Um, and so those are a little bit more difficult to navigate. I don't know as much about how you get a job with one of those other than going to their website. But um, for those those first three I mentioned, uh, you can use various um, recruitment services. But quite frankly, if you just see a place you want to go and you um, you see a school that you like, there they have um, information on their website on how to look for a job there so if you're really interested in working in vietnam you can go to their uh, the website of the school and they often have a way to tell you how to get in touch with them very cool that is i mean just that's awesome information i really appreciate yeah. you giving this detail there uh very very <laughs> valuable there so really loving it uh so let's have some fun now we're going to do the okay. next next six questions your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less you ready okay sure what is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Uh, synth. It's gosynth.com. It allows you to create micro podcast uh, snippets. Mm. And what's nice is the first 60 seconds, um, it creates a transcript uh, of what you said. So students can read cool. and hear what you're saying. What is a, Give us a book that you're reading right now. Uh, it's called Leadership Really Matters by Maxine Driscoll. Uh, it's about just um, various forms of leadership, especially in international schools. Awesome. And who do we need to follow on Twitter right now? Uh, my boy, Craig Kemp. He's out of the um, out of uh, Singapore, but he's a, a New Zealand guy. Um, he's at Mr. Kemp NZ um, and he's an ed tech guru. So he's a great one to follow. What's the best YouTube channel for educators? Um, 
my friend Sergio out of Thailand. Um, it's called Flip Classroom Tutorials, and it's got some really great snippets on how to do different things with Google Drawings and uh, different Google, Google tools. And he makes really high quality videos. So it's definitely one that I would recommend to anybody. Great. And give us a, a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. I make a habit of, of checking in with all of my students one-on-one -on -one, uh, at least once a month, even if it's just to ask how their month's been going. Um, it's just I find that building those relationships uh, is already hard enough when they're in a group. So sitting down one-on-one, -on -one, you never know what a positive impact you're going to have on students. Mm. I love that. That's a great one. So and then finally, let's wrap it up with the best piece of mm. advice you've ever received. Well, I know it's a little cliche, but if you love your job, you never go to work. Uh, and so I've tried to live by that and uh, impart that same wisdom to, <laughs> to my students. He did all right, Ray. I think he nailed it. <laughs> he did. And Jason, I have loved hearing your stories. I think you have so much value, not only in your experience, obviously, traveling, but taking risks. And you're doing such innovative things with your students. And I want to make sure our listeners are able to connect with you because you're sharing a lot constantly about how your students are being impacted. And I just would love for our listeners to also gain that value. Would you mind sharing how they can connect with you? Absolutely. Um, Twitter is what I've been using most lately. And um, my Twitter handle is at uh, D-I-S-K-O. In the number four N O, it's Disco Inferno. It's a little play on words, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then my that. website is uh, www.jasonreagan.ga. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel. If you just search for the hashtag IB Design Guy, it'll come up. <laughs> Love it. And you know, you can find all the links and resources and everything we mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as all those links to uh, important links for connecting with Jason and uh, getting over to his website and his YouTube channel. We'll have all that over there in the show notes. So head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. Jason, it's really been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you taking some time before you're heading into work right now. You're in work. Yeah. You're actually at your school. Yeah. And when yeah, you're class in 10 minutes. So, yeah, you get class in 10 minutes. So we appreciate you finding some time to yeah. chat with us, man. We really do. This was yeah. an awesome episode. Some really, really cool stuff. So just uh, thank you. We appreciate you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. Mm -hmm.